I literally have gone to your record label's website, trying to find something about your record label. I don't know, like researching it for the podcast or something. And I can't find what I'm looking for. At the very least, I just want to hear the music. I can't tell you how many times I've gone to a record label's website and I just want to hear the music. But for some reason, I can't. Why must you make it so hard? Hello and welcome to a new episode of Other Record Labels. I'm your host, Scott, where we talk about the art and culture of running an independent record label. Today, I want to share with you 10 mistakes that I see on record label websites. Now, we talked about record label websites a couple episodes ago, and we did a big walkthrough on how to make a website for your record label. Now, before you, uh, just a shout out to any of our non-record label listeners. I know there's a few of you out there or maybe people who work at record labels and don't directly deal with websites. That's okay. I think this is also valuable and relevant to any independent artists or anybody in the music industry because I think the rules kind of apply to most websites like in the music industry. So I just want to say that this is relevant to you if you are uh, an independent record label, of course, but also if you're an independent artist. I Again, like I said on the last episode, when we talked about websites, this is a big deal for me because I go to a lot of your websites. We just did a submissions form where some people were submitting their record labels to be on the podcast. And so I would click through the link and you see some things that you're like, you know, come on guys, like make this easier for me to hear your music, make it easier for me to learn about your record label to, or to learn about what you sound like or where you're from, that kind of stuff. I see these mistakes all the time. I just want to help you out. You might think, okay, yeah, I agree with some of these. Some of these are not relevant to me. You might want to pause the episode, just go over to your website provider and make a few tweaks, or maybe you set aside a time at the end of this year or at the end of this month and go through some of these and just see which ones apply to you. Maybe you disagree with some of them. That's okay. Um, I'm going to keep all of these, th this list of, of the mistakes, I'm going to keep this posted uh, uh, with our other content from the previous episode on making a record label website on our website at otherrecordlabels.com slash website. Just go to otherrecordlabels.com slash website. The link is in the description of this episode where you can get the notes. And as well as I have this like getting started checklist that will help you build your record label website. Speaking of building your record label website, when I was first building my record label website, some 10 or 15 years ago, I decided to use Squarespace and I've never looked back. I've used them for a really long time. I also use them for our other record labels host and our domain name. And they just so happen to be the sponsor of this week's episode. So a huge shout out to them. Thank you for Squarespace for sponsoring our episode. And I would suggest if you are looking for a host or if you're looking for a way to set up a record label website to use Squarespace, not only because they're a great solution, I personally have enjoyed using them, but with us, you can also get 10% off. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace and use the code ORL10, that stands for other record labels, ORL10, and the 10 stands for the 10% that you get off your website and domain through Squarespace. Um, here's, the, here's the top 10 list. There's really no particular order. But raise your hand if you're guilty on any of these. I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Oh, and by the way, speaking of websites, I'm guilty of all of them too. I, I literally probably came up with all these because I was like, hey, I need to go to my website and change this. I'm probably committing some of these sins right now. I know it's hard. I know that managing your website is like one piece of a huge pie. 
I get that. And I, and I know that a lot of us don't have a lot of extra resources to spend on stuff like this or on social media. That's why I've kind of narrowed it down to 10. And a lot of them are pretty simple. You can just go in and make a few tweaks. Okay. Starting at number 10 is out of date news or anything that's out of date. And we talked about this when we were uh, establishing our content in the previous episode, um, what type of content to put on your website. I would recommend that you include things that are evergreen only, meaning here's our discography. Our past discography is never going to change. It's our history. Here's our contact information. Here's our social media links. These are things that never change. The problem is, is when you start to include things that are not evergreen, meaning we have a release show coming up in two weeks, buy tickets here, or we have an album that's coming out in one week. Here's where you can pre-order it. Well, are you going to remember to go to your website the day of that event and change it to the events today and the day after that event and change it to the event is no more? Or when an album is coming out on release day, are you quick enough to go to your website and to, to say that the album is now available? But then you're going to say it's new album now available. And then all of a sudden, a few weeks later, it's no longer a new album. It's just an album. You see what I mean? When we add things like a news section or anything that has a timestamp to it, we're putting ourselves at risk of having things that are out of date on our website. And the problem with that, and I went into, I went into this de in depth uh, a couple of weeks ago, so I won't cover it again. But the problem with that is when people come to our website to check us out and they see things that are not relevant, they see something like come to our release show August 21st and it's the middle of January. They're going to be like, oh, is this record label inactive? Are they dead? That just doesn't look good. And so the easiest way to avoid that is to keep everything on your website evergreen, no times attached to anything, save that for social media because social media replenishes itself. People are used to seeing more time sensitive stuff on social media and they usually don't bump into old things that are no longer relevant. Okay. Number nine is, and you are all guilty of this. I know you are, is having a link tree or a link in bio. You know what that is, right? Like uh, on Instagram, instead of just having a link to your website, having a link to this like intermediate website where you, where it then branches off to other things. Like the biggest provider is Linktree. Squarespace has ones too. I've, I've made my own on my, on my own website, but having one of these link in bios with too many options, having a link in bio with too many options. This should be the number one thing I've seen. I've gone to literally gone to record labels. I know you're guilty of this. I've gone to record labels, link trees. I've clicked on, gone to their Instagram, clicked on their link in bio. And I'm taken to a link tree that has maybe 40 or 50 links. I mean, it's insane. Like things that are out of date, albums that have come and gone. Now, if you pay for like Linktree or one of the, I don't care, like I'm not affiliated, but if you use one of those um, link in bio people, you can actually like pay a premium to have some of the links that you provide have like an exp expiry date. So if you're advertising a release show, you can set it that it'll remove itself from the menu once that date has passed. But most people don't do that. And the problem is, and we're going to talk about this in the next mistake, is that you have all of these options and that people are just so overwhelmed that they don't pick any. And I'm speaking from experience. I have totally gone to your link trees and I'm like, I'm just looking for the band camp here. I'm just trying to find some information. I'm trying to find your website and I just scroll through all them and they're all like, they've got emojis in them and I'm confused. I think it's a problem if you have too many. I'm suggesting, now listen, if you have like one for your, that's time sensitive, 
for your release show, that's okay as long as it disappears automatically. It, or otherwise you have the same problem as our first mistake, which is out of date. But try to keep it simple. Try to keep it just like your menu options where it's like, what's your top five most important things or top three? Maybe it's Bandcamp. Maybe it's your personal website. Maybe it's your YouTube channel. I don't know, but keep it simple. Go to your LinkedIn bio right now and go look at how many you have and how many are out of date. It's going to be funny. Number eight is the paradox of choice. This is an issue with not just the LinkedIn bios with link trees, but also with the menu bar at the top of most websites. What happens is you feel like you want to give the viewer, the visitor, the potential fan, you want to give them every opportunity to enjoy your record label, to discover your artists, to support your artists, to buy your releases. You want to give them every opportunity. It's like throwing a bunch of things at the wall to see what sticks. And this is a problem because it creates the paradox of choice, which means that yes, you give these people all of these great choices and I'm sure they're great. I'm sure they're relevant, but what happens is that they get overwhelmed with too many choices and they get paralyzed and they end up not making a choice at all. That's why it's a paradox is you've given them so many choices, but they end up not being able to choose any at all. And that happens. And so when we look at a menu and we see about and we see contact and we see artist roster and we see releases and discography and Bandcamp and store and then contact and all of these different options, it's like, uh, I don't know what to click on. And either they just click on a graphic or they, they move away. And so just take a look at your website, scroll through it, look at your link in bio and go, am I introducing the paradox of choice? Am I paralyzing my viewers with just too many options? And it really helps to just kind of narrow it down and say, okay, what do I want to do with this website? What's my objective? And we're going to talk about that in a couple of minutes, but what's my objective and let's just pick a couple things that will help us meet that objective. Number seven is no playlist. This is, have I said that before, this is my, my, my biggest one. This is definitely my biggest one, my biggest pet peeve. And the reason being is that usually when I discover a cool record label, it's like on Instagram or Twitter or somebody's like talking about it. Or maybe I bought a record and I look at the spine and I'm like, oh, I don't really know this record label. And so you look them up. And really what I want to do is I just want to hear a sampling of the other releases. Going to Bandcamp is difficult because you have to pick one of the albums. So I obviously just pick the most recent or I pick an album cover I like. That's not a great way of doing things. What's really ideal is if you as a record label owner create a playlist. Now, I would probably recommend Spotify. It's probably the most universal, the most synonymous with playlists. Or you could use SoundCloud, or I think Bandcamp does playlists as well, or make a Bandcamp compilation that's a free download. Either way, right on your homepage, very frictionless and easy. People should be able to sample all of the music on your label. Now, don't mishear me, not all of the music on your label, but some of the best music. So make your own playlist. If you're a new label, that might only be three or four songs right now. Maybe it's 10 or 12. That's okay. You'll add to this playlist over the years. It should become your record label's permanent official playlist. And this will allow people to come to your website and quickly start listening to the best of a curated playlist compilation of your record label. And so this is something as a music fan that I often wish that more labels do. I wish that independent artists do this as well. 
where you could just go to their website or you discover them on social media. And one of the link in the bio is, you know, um, a, a taste of such and such records or listen to our releases or a curated playlist or whatever. You know what I mean? So someone's like, oh, I can just start listening to this right away. And then maybe they listen to it for a couple of days and they realize, okay, these two artists stand out to me. I'm going to go dive in on them a little bit deeper. So make sure you have a playlist on your website. Mistake number six is too much information. Too much information specifically on the bio page. Now, I want to argue with myself just a little bit here because I've mentioned before about how it's bad to have a bio, uh, like an artist bio or a record label bio or a release bio in your press kit that is just too long or in your press emails to media and to writers and curators and stuff because no one has the time to read that. But I do think on your website, that's probably the only place on the about section. It's probably the only place in the entire world where you're entitled to be indulgent a little bit and to actually have a few paragraphs about the history of your record label. That's okay. So I would say if you scroll down a little bit on your about page, if you want to do like a, a PDF or like a 10 paragraph story of your record label, that's okay. Understand that no one but your mom's going to read it, but it's okay if you want to have it there. But if you are going to have, I would, I would prefer if you didn't, but if you are going to have that big section above that, you should have a one-liner. You should have an elevator pitch for your record label. And by that, I mean, just some keywords that let people know, okay, I'm in the right place or let people know, um, eh, this label's probably not for me. And so let's say it's like Detroit's newest house trance record label. So now they know it's a record label. It's from Detroit. Cool. I'm from Detroit too, you know, hypothetically. And I like house and trance music. Okay, cool. I'm probably going to like this record label. And so having like a, a something that can be spit out in five seconds, that lets people know a little bit about your record label. And then below that, if you want to go one step further, I would write like a one paragraph mission statement. So basically letting people know, obviously the elevator pitch is like just the basics of our record label. And then the paragraph below that would be your mission statement that basically says, here's why we exist. And here's like what we're going to do. So maybe it's like why, what, and how, or like why, who, and how. So it's like, uh, maybe it's who is like, we're the Detroit's newest house trans record label. Why? Because we believe that such and such, you know, the city, the history of the city should be rewritten, blah, blah, blah. And then how we're doing it through monthly live shows and through releases on uh, limited edition vinyl. You know what I mean? So that's like one paragraph. So somebody's like, they read your elevator pitch and they're like, I get you. They read your mission statement and they're like, I love this. And then maybe they're going to like, okay, I'm going to read this, the whole history of this label. But it, you kind of need to have that hierarchy. So I do see too many mistakes where you go to an about section and it's just this like super inflated biography of the label. And I'm like, I can't read that. I'd rather just like a few little pull quotes to get an idea. And then maybe I'll dive in later. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Moving on. Number five, dead links. This is simple, right? This is every website needs to check for dead links. What's a dead link? Well, somebody goes and clicks on a pre-order link for a new album and it goes to your previous release or it doesn't go anywhere. That's a dead link. So the way you fix this very, very simple. Once a month or once a week, if you have the resources, set an alert on your calendar 
and just say check for dead links and spend 10 minutes, go through your website, maybe social media or your link in bio and just click on everything, click on anything or ask a friend to do it. And I guarantee every single time you'll find something that's like, oops, that shouldn't be there or that's out of date or that doesn't work or whatever. So dead links, big mistakes, but very, very simple to fix. Remember, we've done five so far. These are pretty simple, right? You can be like, okay, Scott said I should have a playlist on my website. Let's just go quickly over to my website, my Squarespace page, where you can get 10% off if you go to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace. Quickly go over there, add this playlist I already have. I forgot I should put it there. Oh, maybe just delete some of the no longer relevant stuff in my LinkedIn bio. Oh, just click around for some dead links. You know what I mean? It's a very simple fix. Mistake number four is not being SEO friendly. Okay, now we're getting into the weeds here and you're probably like, Scott, I don't want to do this. Please, please don't make me think about SEO. What is SEO? Search engine optimization. What does that mean? If somebody's looking for a record label in Detroit, ideally a new record label, ideally one that's independent and maybe one that is a house music label, they're going to type those keywords into Google. And what we want to do is we want to make sure we're doing everything in our power, which, by the way, is very simple, and I'll explain it in a second. But we want to make sure we're doing everything in our power to make sure that we show up to the people who are actually looking for us. And so there's three very simple things you can do, and we talk about this in depth in our Web Design for Record Labels course, which you can check out. But one of the things you can do is including your keywords and your description in a headline on your page. So if you have a beautiful Squarespace template, you'll notice that you'll have the menu at the top and the logo, and then a big image. And then on top of that image, usually there's a headline and it's called an H1, a headline one. And you just type something that is very keyword heavy because Google is going to use that headline to index you in their system. And so that's where you're going to put Detroit's newest house trance, record label, independent record label. So all those keywords will show up in Google. The other thing you can do to make sure you're SEO friendly is to upload small photos only, meaning like low resolution photos or medium resolution. No like one, two, three megabyte photos. That's going to really slow down your load times. And then Google's not going to show people your website because it has like huge press photos or huge album covers. Don't do that. And then of course, make sure your website is mobile friendly. I still stumble up upon a few record label websites that aren't mobile friendly. But if you use a platform like Squarespace, they can make your website automatically mobile friendly. Mistake number three is missing the basics. Just some of the basics, like I've already talked about the playlist. I think that's kind of a basic, um, you know, social media links. I'll tell you why. Because I find when I'm researching a record label, the first thing, or when somebody pitches a record label to me, the first thing I want to do is just go to Instagram just to kind of get an overall look and feel. I want to know how often do they post? Are they active? Do they have a recent post? Um, I just want to see maybe uh, what their overall visual aesthetic is. Because of reels now, I can actually hear music and stories. I can hear music from, from their record label. And so I like to just go to somebody's website and quickly get their Instagram so I can hop over there and check things out. I also like to know like who the owner is or like just a brief little story of when they got started, maybe even an idea of their genre or like what kind of makes them unique. So these are just some of the basic things, even a contact section. Like there's times where I'm like, I can't find how to 
reach this person and I can't even find their Instagram to send them a DM. Like there was one time, I can't remember who, well, not that I would say who, but I remember one time there was a label I wanted to reach to come on this show and I literally couldn't contact them. I couldn't find them on social media. There was no contact section on the page. And I mean, this is just like a lowly podcast. What happens if like a television studio or a sync agent is trying to reach out to you to use your music? Are you easily contacted? That's it's just funny how some people are missing some of the basics. Number two is websites that are ugly or too busy. Ugly is subjective, unless you're talking about me, but ugly is subjective. Too busy is not really subjective. It's a little bit more objective. Like the fact is, is that we talked about this at the very beginning with the paradox of choice. If there are so many things on your website that somebody just doesn't know what to do, or it's just distracting them. Remember in the old days, I don't think there's anybody who's old enough to remember this, but remember when people used those like animations that were like swirling around and oh my gosh. But when there's just so many things like embedded or music videos, or you think you want to make it like look like cool merch or something, it's like a black background and there's like crazy colors everywhere. This can be kind of a problem, right? I mean, in a way, a record label should display your aesthetic and teach people about who you are visually. But at the same time, like it doesn't need to look like it's a nightclub. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to have that like enter here and you click in and then like music starts playing. Not that there's many record label websites that do that anymore, but just make sure that you're not being too busy because it does introduce the paradox of choice. And again, I think a lot of people just want to provide every single entry point for anybody. So if somebody wants a SoundCloud link, if somebody wants to click on a donate button or pre-order an album or sign up for an event through Eventbrite, that people just include all of these links and all of these options on their website. And um, I think that's a problem. And I think it ends up people just kind of take off. They go to your website and it's like, this is too busy. I'm out of here. And the number one problem, and I think this would solve almost all of the other nine problems, is lacking a vision or an objective. It was the number one thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago when we did making a record label website, we talked about starting with an objective, meaning, okay, I know I have to have a website or, I mean, I think I have to have a website for my record label, but asking the question why or what for, like, what is the main thing? If somebody comes to your website and they're only going to stay for five seconds, what do you want them to do when they get there? What's the most important thing? What provides your record label with the most return on investment. Well, for a lot of us, it might be following a Spotify playlist, or it might be heading over to Bandcamp and following us on Bandcamp, or maybe it's um, entering their email to an email newsletter so that we can then tell them about all of our upcoming releases. You have to have that kind of defined vision, that defined objective for a website Maybe it's just to let people know that we are a new label in Detroit who's doing house music and we want people to hear our music and we want people to stay in touch. And so if you kind of have like three very clear objectives in that example, it's awareness, number one, number two, like sample the music and number three is support, right? So it's like awareness, listen, support. Maybe those are your menu items. It's like, about, listen, buy. You know what I mean? It's like somebody comes to your website and it's like a one-liner elevator pitch of who you are, listen to the music, 
buy a record. That's it. Keep it simple. So start with an objective because I think a lot of people forget and they go back to this Walmart style website of just including absolutely everything, thinking that that's the best way to serve a visitor. It's probably not the case. You're probably just overwhelming them. I hope you found this helpful. You got to check out our sponsor Squarespace. I've been using them. I think what I like about them is their templates are really elegant. They're kind of pretty for, for artists. Like they're great for photographers. They're great for graphic designers. They're great for record labels. You can just use a template that an artist would use for their bands page. And it works great for a record label. So go to otherrecordlabels.com slash Squarespace to check them out and get 10% off your website. And if you want the notes and if you want to download what we talked about today and what we talked about a couple weeks ago about making a record label website, just go to otherrecordlabels.com slash website. And thanks for listening.